If it's happening in high school sports, we're talking about it now on the Prep Spotlight, featuring WNSP's Pigskin Pete and color analyst Brian Gennard. An hour of all prep sports on 105.5 FM, online at WNSP.com, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The Prep Spotlight, brought to you by Edward Jones Investments. Now, here are Brian Gennard and Pigskin Pete. It has been a busy week in the high school world, and that's what we talk about right here on WNSP's High School Talk. Brian Gennard, Pigskin Pete in the WNSP studios. Welcome into the Prep Spotlight, along with Michael Bronner. We are talking high school sports for one hour. We do it at this time every week, and, you know, there's some news on the football front we're going to get to. Another hire made, a big-time hire. I thought it was a big story that came out this week. And also, Brian Gennard, the big story this week is the Final Four took place in Birmingham. A lot of teams trying to get that state championship. We had five local teams from the boys and girls side and at least got one in that final championship game, right? Yeah, we're down to one. St. Luke's will represent us in the finals. Um, and that's the only team that uh, that is still alive. Both McGill boys and girls um, went down Foley. Uh, girls also uh, lost to Sparkman, and uh, but St. Luke's still alive and a chance to bring home a blue map uh, to the coast. St. Luke's boys. St. Luke's boys, yes. Very good. And we're actually going to have Coach Trewick on the next segment. We're going to talk to the coach that did make it to the championship game. And the teams that did make it, Brian, I, I will throw in what a fantastic year for the UMS Wright girls. Foley girls making it to the final four and uh, on the McGill Tulin side, you know, the two, two teams there, both boys and girls made it to the final four again. I thought maybe one of the most intriguing stories this year was the McGill Tulin boys having a, uh, a great player last year to take this team to the final four, lose him, still come back and to see this McGill Tulin team in the boys side, get back to the final four. Pretty impressive. Yeah. had a chance to watch that game and really thought uh, McGill uh, had a chance and they were in it um, all the way till the very, very end. The score looks a little worse than it was, but just, you know, that sometimes there at the end you give up some, some easy ones. But, man, what a great season they have. And then to look back in Carla Berry uh, with the McGill Lady Yellow Jackets, eight of nine season that she's been there, they've been to the Final Four and another great representation for the Lady Yellow Jackets at the uh, – at the Super, is it, well, Super 7, I guess, is football at the Final Four in, in Birmingham. Final Four in Birmingham, yeah. yeah. And uh, good atmosphere. Sure wish they'd get those games down here, though. Um, spread it out a little bit. Does it make a difference? I don't know. I, I think there's some great talent in North Alabama, and there seems to be a consistency with the championship teams coming from the northern part of the state. But, um, Brian, I, I'll argue with you all day long that we have more state championships down here if this game is played every other year in Mobile. Because you, it takes a toll to travel 1,200 miles during going to Montgomery, going to Birmingham, going back and forth, getting out of your own uh, home and having to drive back and then drive back up there. You, you can't tell me it makes a difference, and um, until it's done, we'll never know. But in my, in my view, it makes a difference. Yeah, I, I think it does as well. And, and also with the fan base, when you when you watch those games and you see some of those local teams that have two, three sections filled up at the BJCC, you know, that just – 
cheering them on. And then you get some some teams from down here that they may take a busload or two of kids, but nothing compared to what those local schools are, are you know, letting school out and, and kids just coming in by the droves. And that, that does make a big difference when you're – especially when you're in a 20,000-seat arena. Yeah. I mean, that, that arena was built to, to lure – the National Hockey League back in the days of the Atlanta Flames and all that, and and so it's a you know it's a twenty thousand seat arena. Yeah, you can get lost in there quick. Yeah, didn't they have last week in Montgomery? They had weather conditions and uh, it caused some teams to have to go back to Mobile or at least stay a night, spend the money. I mean that can happen anywhere, and I, this is no excuses at all. But I, I do think when it comes to all the sports, football is a great is a great um, example that uh, I love how the rotation goes between now. Birmingham, UAB, Tuscaloosa, Bryant-Denny, Auburn, Jordan-Hare. You get a little separation in different parts of the state, but, boy, if South Alabama and the Hancock-Whitney can be involved with that to get some local crowds and then go see a state championship with going, without going three and a half, four hours. Yeah, it, it would be nice. And, and a, you know, not only just the travel aspect of it, the, the budget aspect of it, you know, kind of I was uh, talking to uh, Coach Armstrong, they uh, Baker – um, was able to play their game when all that weather came through a couple weeks ago. But then you had like MGM that had the later game that afternoon, and they told them an hour before the game, hey, we're going to move this thing a few days out. Well, they had rented charter buses, gone up there, spent the night, hotel rooms, and now all that for not come home. I mean, you know, that's a $3,500, $5,000 swing on a budget. And, mm. you know, you, that's, that's... Budgets are tight. Yeah. That, that, that's <laughs> that's a, a lot of money. That is a lot of money yeah. to, to come out of pocket and then not get to play and have to go back up there and the game's not at Garrett Coliseum anymore. You're playing at the, the, the Centroplex over there at Crampton Bowl. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I get what was going on, but, boy, it would be nice to have some of those regionals in our own backyard. But the good news, St. Luke's in the Final Four, as Brian mentioned, knocks off Mars Hill 63-56 to this week and will play for a state championship against Aliceville, so Coach Traywood will join us, Garrett. And in the next hour, we'll be talking more of the high school basketball, and high school football is going to bring our topic into it right now. we got a few minutes. Brian, big news this week. One is over in Westmobile, Cottage Hill. Uh, a little bit of surprise here. Coach that's been around for a long time. I thought it was a great hire by Cottage Hill. It's been a good addition. Bobby Parrish decides he's going to retire. Now Cottage Hill looking for a new coach. How surprised were you on that? Yeah, I was surprised when I was uh, kind of flipping through some stuff last night and looking up, and I saw the headline that uh, just read, uh, you know, that he was done. And and uh, you know, I guess there there reaches a point in your career where where you just you, you realize it. And 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 I like the fact that he wanted somebody else to be able to take over before spring training. Yeah, give it time to work his way in. Yep. The big news this week, we knew that Theodore Eric Collier decided to be part of the South Alabama football staff, and he's coming back, Brian. Steve Mask, who is at St. Paul's for a number of years, goes up to Pell City for a year, but uh, nothing like home. And Coach Steve Mask takes a couple of seconds to join us. Coach Mask, how are you? This kid, I'm absolutely fantastic. How about you and Brian? We are doing great. Welcome home, Coach. How about that? Coming back to Theodore. Well, thank you. What did, what did Dorothy say? I want to go home. I want to go home. So, uh, <laughs> uh, it's very bittersweet. Very, very happy. So, in the back of your um, mind, Coach Mass, did you just feel like you were going to end up back here somehow, some way? Well, you just don't ever know, especially in this, in this line of work that we chose to do. You, you I, I knew I was coming back at some point in time. You know, Mobile is um, – it's my home. It's going to be my home. And I knew at some point in time I was coming back. Well, if I was coming back as a coach or whatever, I was coming home. But 
you know, the, the good Lord's been good and gave us the opportunity to go to a great place and, and continue to do what we love to do, and that's coach football. So you're t- tell us how it transpired in the last few days. H- how quick was it to go, oh, my gosh, Theodore, job's open, opportunity? Well, you know. Well, when, when Eric resigned, and, and Eric and I uh, have have been good friends for a long time and I have such admiration for him, uh, when it came open, I, I, I called him and, and asked him what he thought about it and did an investigation. And then, like everybody else, we had to, we had to apply for the job. And uh, so we made the decision to, to, to go after it and, and make applications. And then uh, uh, Coach Hardegrave, Mr. Hardegrave, the the principal and I had a relationship uh, many years now, and, and he reached out and said, come down, let's talk about this thing, and we had a great visit. And then and then we had a little bit of a waiting game to then decide who they wanted to hire. It wasn't just a slam dunk because Tim had a lot of great coaches apply for this thing. And so uh, the, the whirlwind became on Tuesday morning when he called and said, I'm off the position as athletic director and football coach at Theodore do you want it? And I think I, if I'd had been a race car driver, I'd put it in overdrive and say, heck yes, in a hurry. <laughs> but uh was very thrilled about that. And all that transpired from about 1030 to 3 o'clock, and we were resigned and uh, on our way to Mobile. Hey, Coach Brian Gennard here. Congratulations. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Dorothy. I, it's red and black out there at Theodore. If you're not coaching your first game in a pair of ruby red slippers, now I'm going to be disappointed. But – excited that you're coming back to to the Gulf Coast, and I know you are as well, uh, but you got to be thinking, man, he, here we go again in that, that 6A Region 1. That's uh, – as excited as you are, how quick did that, that sink in and, and all the fun that that schedule brings to you every day? Well, it, it sunk in when I applied for the job, and, uh, and I think that's one of the things that did help uh, maybe with Tim on the – on the decision was the familiarity that I have within this region. We played everybody in this region, with, but Theodore and St. Paul's. And so uh, we knew what we were getting into, that was for sure. And uh, and we still know what we're getting into. So it's a little, uh, I, don't, I don't, we're not intimidated by any stretch of imagination, but it's a little uh, overwhelming to say it better that way. How about that? Coach, only, gosh, it's only a couple of days ago. I mean, so have you had a chance to meet with the team yet? Yeah, I met with our coaches yesterday, and we had our first team meeting today with the players, and I thought it went extremely well and uh, very receptive and uh, for us and, and for them. And, and the thing that, Pinskin, that I wanted to impress upon the players was that the adults will all be fine. You know, people wonder, well, who's going to call this and who's going to coordinate that and who's the head coach? The most important people, and it's not lip service, is the players in this situation. So I tried to impress upon them today that they're the most important thing going forward in this process, and they're going to be just fine. So, Coach, you're uh... – I mean, you you got the spring around the corner, and I know Theodore's got some good. I mean, Eric Collier's just done a great job. He's losing some good players there, but some good players coming back. And as Brian said, I, this this coast football is just. I mean, this six A especially one is really hard. What do you think the biggest difference is between Pell City coming back to Mobile area? Well, talent for one thing, and then the, uh, <laughs> the other thing is that you know it's just it's just such a fun place to coach and. Uh, a place like Theodore absolutely loves football, and and 
everybody in this region loves football. And so the that's the biggest thing the difference is now. Don't misread what we're saying. They play real football at Clay Chawful. And they play real football at, at Oxford and real football at uh, Pinson Valley. But real football top to bottom is in Mobile. And we all know that in, in all classifications, not just 6A. But, you know, all the A's in Region 1, you better strap it up get ready to play. Well, Coach, we are excited to have Coach Steve Mask back on the coast. Can't wait to catch up with you more, man. But congratulations on the big news this week, man. Vinskin, thank you. And, Brian, thank you for the nice text. And when you fry up all them crappies, you need to let me know, okay? I'll I'll let you know, (laughs) Coach. And those those red slippers turn into bowling shoes before long, Coach. We know that story. <laughs> yeah, we'll get a new pair, Pitchkin. I think we'll the last pair out, so we'll uh, we'll get a new pair. How about that? There you go. All right, sounds good. Coach Steve Mass. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you, man. So we'll talk more Theodore football as the spring goes, but we'll have to talk more spring football in just a moment. We'll come back. Join me. To- All right, we're back on the prep spotlight. WNSP, great to have you along. Thanks for joining us every week. Brian Gennaro and I talk about high school sports. And, uh, you know, Brian, we got the great to hear from Steve Mask. And, you know, we're, we're springing ahead always with our show. We, we like keeping up with the um, teams. Football's pretty much year-round. And, you know, we, we, talk, we, do, we talk some football every week as we're going to try to catch up with different players every week with our spring football coverage and I'm you know I'm just trying to think you know Theodore's gonna have a good team next year I'd be interested to see some of the guys coming back to see what Steve Matt's working with down the road there but um final four this week we had five teams again to make it the five teams Brian do you have those written down again three were girls two were boys yes yeah, so right? he had uh Foley girls McGill girls and also UMS and then on the boys side you had McGill and St. Luke's, St. Luke's being the only one that's going to advance for us. Okay, the final four on the boys' side, and uh, their head coach, Derek Trawith, joined us here as they are getting ready for Birmingham as St. Luke's knocked off Mars Hill earlier this week and now face Alice Field for a state championship. Coach Trawith, congratulations getting this far. Thank you. Thank you very much. Man, that's just uh, – a great run. Your team is 16-11, and 11, Coach, but there's nothing like getting hot when postseason gets here. Uh, you know, records go out the window, especially at this point. So you're right. It's all about how well the team is gelling uh, going into the area tournament. That's the key for sure. My guys have responded uh, as well as any of them as, as we went through this playoff run. So, Coach, I, I know it's not easy for teams here on the coast to go all the way up to Birmingham and – have to travel four hours, but what's your schedule been like this week? Are you guys at Birmingham now? Uh, we are in Birmingham now. We are actually just now stepping out of uh, our, our final walk through uh, before we go get team dinner here at uh, Carver High School up here, so we're very thankful for them letting us get in. But, yeah, that, that travel is uh, something else, but, you know, that's just part of the gig if you want to be playing this time of year. So we're very thankful and blessed to – be traveling four hours just to grind, but like I said, uh, proud of my guys and how how they're taking it in, but also how they're how they're managing themselves uh, as we go into tomorrow. All right, Coach Trawick. So St. Luke's, uh, Brian and I have been communicating with all five games all week this week, and you guys fortunately make it to the title game, sixty three fifty six over Mars Hill. These games always have adversity. I know at one point 
the Wildcats in this game, you guys are up 17. Mars Hill makes a great run. They cut it down to one in the second half. And what'd you tell your team at that point? <laughs> you know, stick to what got us there. Stick to what got us to the lead. You know, we were one one foul away from getting to the bonus. And like you said, it, this game is a game of runs, uh, which makes it unique and special. And they made their run early. We made one before half. And we knew coming out uh, definitely what was on the line. And a good team and program of Marshall is that they were not going to roll over and lay down. Um, but like you said, the guys responded well uh, and went on a little 9-0 run there to end the game or to extend the game and kind of kind of sealed the deal late there in the fourth quarter. Hey, Coach Brian Gennard here. I really thought when you the twenty-one to nine in the second quarter, I thought was huge for you. And and uh, Cam Chambers is one of those young men that kind of stepped up, had fourteen points. What does that young man mean to your program? And who else around them are, are you really leaning on this year? Well, it definitely starts with Cam. He's he's one of our uh, two seniors. He was a kid that. Uh, I identified right when I got to St. Luke's that first year and we were blessed enough to, to be up here in the finals in 2019, but he was just a, a little eighth grader and I identified him and, you know, told him I, I wanted him to start practicing with us during the postseason. I wanted him to uh, go on that little ride with us. And then, you know, you graduated a, a handful of talented seniors after 2019 and you went through what we called the lean years and so proud of him was sticking to it, believing in me as his coach. And, and now to see him, uh, be a back-to-back -back area champion uh, and, and have an opportunity to go play for a state title tomorrow. It just speaks to his character, his love of the game, and his work ethic. And it just trickles down from there to to the juniors and, and the sophomores that are part of this team. They really they really take from his toughness and his commitment to just love and play in athletics. So I couldn't be more proud for him for for the opportunity tomorrow. Well, Coach Trawick, you know he Brian mentioned. Cam Chambers, but I, I know that following the game, the coach talked about they put so much, you know, <clears throat> focus on Brandon Cooks, who's been a, a huge part of this Wildcat program. Nice to have several key players like that that take the pressure off each other. Absolutely, and that's what our whole conversation is. You know, it's not about uh, who scores the ball as long as we're scoring the ball. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many points we win by as long as St. Luke's wins at the end of the day because we do have so many guys that are, are talented and love to play this game. So it's very important that we play as a team because it's going to take each and every one of them. That's been our message this whole time, obviously, that it, it's going to take every single guy, every single coach. And, then of course, the fan support behind it too. So that's all kind of gelled together during this time and, and, and something very special to be a part of. So you definitely count your blessings because, you know, every season doesn't always end this way. All right, Coach, so St. Luke's getting set for the state championship tomorrow against Aliceville. Coach, this Aliceville, it keeps getting harder, but this Aliceville, Coach, this team right here really looks good. What do you know about them? Big, uh, athletic, and, and like the pounded inside. So we definitely have our work cut out for us. Um, they're 24-1 and one for a reason. They're in the state title game for a reason. Um, so we definitely have our work cut out for us. That's why we're taking – advantage of every opportunity we can leading into tomorrow and why tonight's so important and, and how we continue to prepare but uh very athletic team very big team uh good rebounding team and then obviously you see in the state finals uh very good free throw shooting team as they shot you know 41 attempts in the second half uh ended up shooting 30 attempts and hit 27 of them at 73 or some percent so you know they're they're definitely uh, play inside out trying to live off the free throw line and that, that's what's giving them success so we've, we've got to do our best to try to limit that and take that away
Gareth Trewick joining us. St. Luke's boys basketball going for a state championship in 2A tomorrow. Coach, I will say this. It has to have help. That's this experience. You actually coached the girls as well and took this team to a Final Four. So I, I don't know if that helped you or not, but that couldn't hurt. Well, you know, I, this is my fifth year in a row up here between the two programs. So uh, I don't know if I'm the coach that can get it done. I know I'm the coach that can get them here. So we got one more chance to, tomorrow. And we just, like I said, uh, the experience in and of itself obviously helps you and being able to translate it from one team to the other as far as postseason goes. Because at the end of the day, whether there's boys or girls, you're still teaching, coaching, and playing the game of basketball, which is something special. Well, Coach, congratulations again. Brian and I are going to be following you close. And no matter what happens, I mean, great season. And we hope to catch up soon. Let's go Wildcats, all right? <laughs> we appreciate it so much. Thank you guys for having us on. And thank you for all you do for high school athletics. We sure do appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. And, Brian, uh, it's no given. Once a team goes to Birmingham to play in that Final Four, they're going to make it to the peak. But they have. And, I mean, they had a tough game tomorrow, but what a run for St. Luke's. 11 losses, and it's time to get hot, right? Yeah, it really is. And it, But it's funny, but if you look back at their schedule, and especially when you start getting down into some 2A schools, you know, you start looking where other 2A schools are and even 1A schools, and, and there's not a ton of them around here. And so you got to start, you know, getting on the road a little bit. So when you look at 11 losses, I would beg to say that, that several of those came from larger schools um, and different classifications which only prepares you as you get ready to get into these state tournaments and, and play better competition. You know, so, hey, you can't look at a, at a, at a team's win-loss record in there because some of those, those may, again, been in, like, tournaments. They may be playing, you know, schools that are uh, five, six-A schools. And so um, Alice feels good. And, and they're 26-1. and one, And like you said, they're good for a reason. It's, it's going to be a big game for them. But what an accomplishment and a run they're having right now. Isn't it great? These games may not be on TV, every one of them locally, but how you can get online and whether you're working or home, just catch them. Yeah. Watch any game you want to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. NFHS has been really kind of the way I've kept in contact with all these games uh, throughout the last few weeks. All right, we'll come back. More spring football talk and one more rundown to the Final Four. Who's playing here on the Prep Spotlight Sports Station, WNSP. It's Nick with the opening kickoff in the double team, and I've got a new way for you to stay up to the prep spotlight on WNSP, your source for high school sports. Now it's time to keep up with the Joneses as we take a look at some of our former Mobile and Baldwin County athletes who are now making the spotlight on the next level. Brought to you by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now, back to Brian Gennard and Pigskin Pete. All right, welcome back. We always uh, always look at players, whether in football, baseball, basketball, that stood out in the last week or so. Keeping up with the Joneses, Brian. Who jumped out to you this past week? Yeah, I had former Davidson Warrior, now South Alabama Jaguar, Kelsey Thompson. Uh, Kelsey just 
freshman over at South Alabama. This week named the Sunbelt Conference Freshman of the Year for women's basketball. That young lady has had herself a really fine freshman campaign, and she's a true freshman. She's not a redshirt. She's a true freshman playing at Davidson last year. Uh, she led all conference freshmen in points with 10.5 a game. Um, and, and I tell you this, the other night they had a game against Troy. It was their last home game of the year, and uh, Kelsey takes the inbound play, goes around, scores a buzzer beater to beat Troy by one. Mm. Um, and so just she's had a great year. It'll be interesting to see. Unfortunately, uh, South did not renew Terry Fowler's contract, the head coach over at South. I'm hoping Kelsey will stick around. I love Coach Fowler and his family and everything they've done for that program. Um, so hopefully Kelsey will stick around. But Kelsey Thompson, former, former Davidson Warrior, now South Alabama Jaguar Conference Freshman of the Year. How about that? Yeah. I'm not surprised. She dominated high oh, school. She, she we knew she to be so an impact to South right off the bat. Yeah, she was fun to watch as an eighth grader. Yeah, um, and so and then you listen to Charlie Ship, her former coach at Davis, and talk about her. Uh, he he kept telling you she was going to be great. Yeah, and she is. She is standing up to to everything that they've said she was going to. So you said ten and a half points a game for Kelsey. Did it, did it show rebounds? What because she. She typically is all over the board. Did yeah. you show that? Um, I'm looking to see. She had 10 and a half, uh, 1.4 steals, 2.3 assists. I don't see rebounds on here. I know that she did have a career high 27 against uh, Louisiana Monroe. Okay. And then the last couple of last week of the season, she had two 20 point games as well. Okay. All yeah. right. Uh, it's great to have earlier. By the way, I'll mention uh, I'm going to switch to football because we're going to talk spring football now. We do it every week, by the way. Spring ahead. I always just try to jump in with our local one of our local teams. I saw one of our former local high school players, Brian, and we've mentioned him many times, Taylor Stallworth. I wasn't sure what team he was going to be on. Uh, about to become an unrestricted agent, but he won't. The former Murphy Panther has signed a one-year contract extension. Good to see that with Houston, Texas. So Houston Texans brings back uh, Stallworth, sticking with them. Played one game in the NFL last year. Um so it's, you know, we'll keep an eye on him to see how he's going to perform. I'm just looking here. He was a free agent last season. He signed a one-year contract with Kansas City Chiefs back in April. Didn't make the regular season active roster. Um, but he stayed with Kansas City as a member of the practice team. I, I guess he gets a ring, right? Did we say that? Did we say that a couple weeks ago? You get a ring for that? I think you do. I'm not positive. Kind of practice team. Should. Yeah. Announcers get a ring. Um, all right, so let's talk some high school football, and we're going to bring in Brian. We're working up our classes. We've done some two A, three A teams, and the Biker Wolves uh, coming back this year. I think they're going to be strong. And Marcus Cook back with them, and Coach Cook takes a couple of seconds. Coach Cook, how are you? Hey, how are you doing, PSQ? Doing good, man. How are things over at Viger these days? And that stadium coming? Oh, things are good. I just got out of a uh, staff meeting. We just finished up as soon as you called me. Okay. All right. So, uh, at this time of the year, Coach, we're early March, spring around the corner. What's been the schedule for you, uh, coaching staff and the players over there? Uh, coaching staff-wise, we meet at least once or twice a week. Uh, with the players, they're lifting weights. They're going on the field at least twice a week. And uh, with, they have a lot of spring sports going. So, we have golf. We have soccer. We have tennis. We have baseball. So, the kids are kind of spread out, but we make sure they get a lift in every day, make sure they're running around, make sure they're, you know, eating right, make sure they're hydrating still. You know, we're just still just, you know, fine-tuning everything. All right, Coach. So coming into 2023, uh, Viger five and four year ago, 
and um, talk to us about some of the things in your second season that we may see different and some of the players may be coming back. We're going to watch out for Viger this year. Yeah, um, we got a, a, a surprise at quarterback this year. We're going to move a receiver uh, to quarterback by the name of Jerry and Graham. Uh, he's going to be our starting quarterback this season. Uh, we're returning to Corey Barnes as our starting running back. Uh, everybody knows about Michael DuBose, but we have a good group of 10th grade offensive linemen that are going to help pave the way. Uh, Receiver-wise, we have a couple young receivers that are going to emerge, uh, one by the name of uh, Garrett Holcomb. He's a ninth grader. He'll be a 10th grader next year. So um, we're eager defensively. We have to replace Lorenzo Davis, um, Michael Thomas Jr., and also Jermaine Holcomb. But, you know, we have Brandon Pierrefort returning. I think he is the best defensive player in the state of Alabama. I truthfully believe that. He's led our team in tackles for two years. He's been All-State for two years, first team All-State. So we're returning returning a lot of guys, and uh, we just got to get better. Right now we're just working to get better. We didn't make the playoffs last year, and so we got to get back to our greatness. Well, Coach, you mentioned you already know. Uh, evidently, he's got to be a special talent to come from the wide receiver side. Jerry M. Graham, talk to me about already knowing he's going to be your quarterback, what we can expect, what kind of quarterback he is. Well, truthfully, the kid's been playing quarterback since he's been in the ninth grade. You know, he just was a better receiver. And, that you know, at the time, we felt like we had to get him the ball. Now we still feel like we need to give him the ball. He just has to get it every play. So he's going to be our quarterback. He runs a 10-7 in a 100-meter dash. So I think it was the best option. He has the most experience as far as playing it over years. And we still have a lot of pieces still. We still have Kelvin Brisker. Um, he's still going to play some receiver for us, but he also can still play quarterback at times. So, you know, we still have some young guys that are emerging. We're talking a little spring football and we're joined by Viger head coach Marcus Cook. Coach Brian Gennard here. Just want to ask you, so as we get ready and, and you, you're looking towards the spring, especially when you we get a new quarterback, how important will seven-on-seven play for, for you guys this summer just to make sure that he's gelling with receivers and that, that, that you feel confident in those skills positions? And, and how, how often will you guys participate in seven-on-seven this summer? Uh, we're going to participate in a lot of seven on sevens. Probably at least at least five for us college seven on sevens. We're probably going to host one. Uh, we're going to, you know, probably do a big one, maybe the Daphne or the Foley one as well. But I mean, at Viger High School, we're going to run the football as well. So we don't just just want to throw the ball. We we have to focus on our run game as well. But we're going to do what it, what's best for our team. Coach, you mentioned a couple of players. I can't let you go without talking about Mike Adubo. So, I mean, it seems like every week, Coach, there is another top program in the country offering Mike Adubo. Give us maybe some of the top teams that's given him an offer and, you know, what direction do you think he's going? Uh, Saturday, Michael will be attending Alabama for their junior day. Um, he has Georgia. He has Bama. He has Penn State. He has, he has almost every school in the SEC. Clemson has jumped in there with a lot of interest right now. LSU offered. He goes to LSU March 25th. Oklahoma has a lot of interest right now. Texas has interest. He has a Michigan offer. He has an Oregon offer. 
He has an Arkansas offer, you know. Yep. He is, the kid. The kid's going to be a five-star player. Well, it sounds you know, like gonna, it sounds. He's going to participate also in the Under Armour, okay. the Under Armour camp in Dallas. He's going to attend the one in Dallas, the big camp. When, when is that, Coach? It should be the end of this month. Okay. I don't know. He he has a busy schedule. We have to sit in every day. His schedule changes. But uh, Micah, Micah's 15 years old. Yeah. Micah doesn't turn 16 until the middle of this month. That's so crazy. That's yeah. the limit for Micah. Yeah, and I, I know he's committed to Georgia. Kirby Smart, though, you know, you start taking visits to Tuscaloosa, Coach, and Kirby and all these other programs, Kirby Smart is going to have to do what he can to hold on to this guy. Yeah, I think he is. Um, Michael, Mike is up to Michael. You know, I, I, he, him and Coach Smart have a great relationship. You know, he, he really loves Georgia, but um, Alabama has jumped in the mix. And he likes Bama as well, so we're going to see what, what happens. It's still two more years, though. Well, Coach, you, you mentioned – Yeah, it, it is a long process, especially <laughs> for a 15-year-old to take. I I can't imagine because I have a buddy that calls me that's a Georgia fan. Tell me about this kid because he lives out of state <laughs> and he wants me to tell him all about if I've seen him play and what he's like. But Brandon Purifor, you mentioned that name earlier. And that, that young man, you start talking about Towner Jr. and other folks on that that defense. But but he has been just so steady for you guys the last couple of years. And, and I know that he's starting to get some looks. North Alabama offered him. Uh, tell us about that young man and just what he means to that defensive side of the ball for you. Brandon Purifor is elite. If Brandon Purifor is on the field, you got a chance. He's that type of player, you know. If you watch a kid play basketball, you you can see what he does for our football team. The kid, he's tenacious. He's a pest. He, you know, he makes tackles. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's not the fastest guy in the world. But if he's on the field, he's the best player on the field. He, I believe that Brandon Pierrefort is the best defense player in the state of Alabama. How about that? All right, somebody gonna be lucky to. Bring him in. We'll be following. I think the offers, Coach, uh, you're strong on him. I guarantee you, you're going to have other programs starting to pop some offers to him. So, Coach, do you guys actually play a spring game? What's your schedule like during the spring? Right now, we're scheduled to play McGill on May 20th at 5 p.m. That'll be on a Saturday in our new stadium. Very nice. That'll be the first time? That'll be the first game in the stadium. Okay. That's going okay? Everything? Everything's Come good on. with it. We're just eager to play in it. All right, Coach, and then the schedule, I mean, August will be here, I mean, before you know it, but you guys going to open up with a blind at home again to have a chance to test that stadium? Yep, August 25th. I'm looking at it now. Okay. August 25th, we start off with blunt at home. It'll be here at our stadium, Wolfpack Stadium. All right, Coach. Well, we'll be following you, Brian, and I really appreciate you taking time and Brian, we got to write that date down because I'd love to go over that McGill game and check out that stadium, wouldn't you? I, I'm actually putting it in my phone <laughs> as we speak. May 20th, 5 p.m. at Viger on their own stadium. I'm excited about it. How many people does it see, Coach? 3,500. Okay. Now, is that a minimum requirement? Well, that's, that's what we got. We got 3,500. <laughs> I don't know what the, you know, the minimum requirement is, but okay. I just know ours is 3,500. I know for the playoffs, they have some kind of a minimum. You want to make sure you hit that number. But, Coach, can't wait to uh, follow your team. You mentioned so many good players, new quarterback coming in, moving from a wide receiver position. So, uh, good luck to your Viger Wolves. We'll be looking forward. Maybe Brian and I will check you out at the new stadium coming up in May. All right.
right. I appreciate you, Pete, again. Thank you. Marcus Cook, Brian, uh, he sounds like that. Uh, he missed the playoffs last year. They were close. They only missed it by one game. But, uh, you know, these games coming up with these players coming back, they're going to be tough. Yeah, they they will be. They always have talent. And you look at, you know, <clears throat> when you got an offensive lineman that's 6'5", 300 pounds at 15 years old and, and what people are looking at across the country of that young man, uh, you know, I, I'd feel good if I'm a quarterback and I know that Mike is on my team, right? Yeah. And, and he's, he's kind of paving the way for me. And then – yeah, you lose some talent on uh, defense, but with uh, with with the guys that he has returning, I think they'll be okay on that side of the ball as well. But and and just you, you got to think you almost get a boost of a win, um, maybe on a questionable game or something that would be tight for you just because of that new home field advantage. I mean that they've got to be so fired up. They've been watching it for a year and a half, two years being built, oh, gosh, and now yeah. they're going to be able to step out their back door and play yeah. a home game. Man, that's that's going to be a great atmosphere and a, a fun time. I saw Mike, uh, Michael Bronner in there bouncing around. Coach, you know, coach is going to have their favorite players and say they're the best in the state. But uh, Michael Bronner, there's some good defensive players down here, right? <laughs> hey, I like his confidence. Best in the state was a big statement. I, I mean, I, I who am I to disagree with him? I, yeah. you know, he knows the coach knows more about football than I do. I'll take his word for it. I tell you, two years ago pretty much helped that defense win a state championship he was solid hey michael we'll get you on we'll, let's talk a little spring football and maybe what your thoughts are about theodore's new coach and you'll do that we'll do that we come back and brian we'll talk about one more time the final four a couple of big games coming up as the uh, prep spotlight continues every week right here at this hour on the sports station wnsp a business can be tough these days and rate all right welcome back in uh prep spotlight wnsp uh, brian i wasn't here last week i know you know we just talked to new coach at theodore steve mask i know you had barrett trotter the former auburn quarterback and now taking over at bayside academy i heard that good interview and sounds like he's ready to go good experience player too and yeah quarterback. It, it really is and i really enjoyed talking to him um i'm excited about what he's going to do he's, he's got to be excited especially as a young first year coach they've got a lot of young kids coming back at bayside and that's a great program over there and a great little place to to play you're talking about walking out your back door and having a fun place to play games um, that that's a that's a great little stadium right there so he's excited about the opportunity down here when he went for his interview i'm sure when he went outside and checked out the stadium and saw where he was located in the view didn't take long to convince hey yeah. honey we can move down here well and you know and it was wife went to school there so i did kind of joke with him about you know he he got to coach at his alma mater up in birmingham at briarwood yeah. now it's time to come coach at her alma mater down here at Bayside. <laughs> so yeah hey speaking of the eastern shore i do want to give a shout out to the uh, gulf shores uh, wrestling team the boys wrestling team uh, finished tied for third in class 5a in the uh, Alabama High School Athletic Association Wrestling Championships up at the Von Braun Center in the last week or so. Uh, and so one of our local teams bringing home a little hardware from uh, from the state wrestling championship. Good. All right. like that. Uh, Michael Briner sits in with us here in the prep spotlight. Michael, I, I know that 
Brandon Purifoy is a solid player at Viger. Coach said, hey, one of the best players in the state. And I'm just looking at this list, Michael. Uh, you've covered some players in your coverage on WNSP on the Friday nights when you get out to stadium. Sterling Dixon at Mobile Christian, who's committed to Alabama. Great linebacker. And I'm just looking at some of the other players. Uh, I mean, there's Brandon Purifoy. You mentioned him, but also – on, on the Bobby Pruitt at Theodore, Steve Mass is going to have a chance to have a player that's got Alabama offers, Notre Dame. There's some good defensive players down here. There's a lot. There's a lot of really good defensive players in this state. I mean, you go up to, uh, you know, you go up to Birmingham. There's a, Thompson has like three five stars on their defense. I mean, that kid, that kid Peter Woods. I know he's gone now, but uh, mm -hmm. I mean, that, <laughs> Alabama produces defensive talent, no doubt about it. And, well, and you love the Thompson uh, eighth grade quarterback. Oh, uh, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a big <laughs> fan of the Thompson eighth grade quarterback and the bragging rights uh, old Trent Seaborn earned me on this program. So you know. I don't know if I've ever seen a, that young of a player on the stage like last year, what he did. Well, I think what happened was he li he's a big listener of the prep spotlight on WNSP oh. and he heard Brian say that, uh, you know, he has an orthodontist appointment or something that, that he's going to be late for it. I do uh, remember making he, that comment. Yeah, wow. he, 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 I think he heard that <laughs> said and said, well, you know, I'm going to show out. Brother, you're like my wife. You remember the little still trap with those just little smart comments that I make that I, just I'm not come gonna, back yeah, to get me at some I'm not, point. I'm not going to remember the ones that you might have been right on. That's but, right. You know, if you yeah. were wrong. you know. <laughs> but you know what's funny is when I'm Coach... starting to figure out some people have a gift. Yeah. Like they can just pull stuff from a file deep in their <laughs> mind. I'm like, how... Where did that come from? There's That's a lot of room in there for broader. The, I wouldn't so, be in this business if, if I didn't. There you that, go. So. All right. But, you know, one of the things that Coach Cook said, and it was kind of funny because uh, uh, Coach Kelly told us a few weeks back when we were talking about um, uh, Ryan Williams, you know, you start looking at these young men. He's 15 years old. He won't. Michael won't turn 16 in, in for a couple more weeks. You know, um, Ryan Williams – he turned 16 either right after season, right before he was named Mr. Football of Alabama. Yep. Can you imagine, because I go back in, in my little brain, you know, at, at 15, and especially with social media the way it is, can you imagine getting all the influx of, of Twitter and Instagram and all the messages they're getting from all these fan bases to make choices, I mean, to commit to that program? I, I can't imagine what these young men are going through and and to see how some of them are handling it, I've been really, really impressed with. Yeah, I think it really helps to have coaches that's with a lot of experience. I just think of you. You just mentioned, you know, uh, over at Mobile Christian. I mean, Ronnie Cottrell's been the college level for a long time. Can help prepare. I'm Steve Mask, who's had great talent. Now Ham Barnett's got Anthony Tank Jones, who's gotten offers all over the SEC, Auburn, Georgia. He was 14 when he, Brian when he's getting these offers. He think maybe 15 now. Linebacker at St. Paul's. Yeah, Ham's I think doing a great job. I've just had a chance to see them both communicate and keeping them humble. Um, it, it's hard, but Jeff Kelly is a, another example that he's got his hands full of some college talent. KJ Lacey, these sophomores, Ryan Williams. They they've got to have these head coaches helping them out. It's a big part of what they're doing, right, Michael? You agree with that? Yeah, I mean I, that. You said it. In the era of social media, and I mean, Ryan Williams has probably gained a thousand followers since I've moved to Mobile. <laughs> I mean, the season he had, 
and uh, I'm sure the messages he receives from 50 different fan bases on a daily basis saying, come to our school, come to our school, you know, he'll post, and I just got an offer from Colorado from Deion Sanders or whatever, and to weather that storm and keep your head down and focused on your goals, it takes, one, an incredible amount of determination and discipline on the player's part, but two, like you said, you know, a good coach to keep him focused on the goals at hand. Yeah, and to commit early – you know, Michael Dubos has still got so much more time. Um, but there, there, there's a lot that can happen between now and when these guys end up, you know, signing. But I mean, as a freshman, I think when the Anthony Tank Jones over at St. Paul's is a linebacker there that made so much noise as his freshman year, he's got three more years left that he's going to have to, you know, grow and get bigger. And I think the coaches just see a lot in this in this young man. But that the talent here locally on the next next two or three years is so good. But, you know, it's so funny because every year I think, okay, like, you know, when Deontay Lawson came through, all right, so we can't have another class like that. Or, you know, or you start looking at yeah. these guys. But we we keep do these keeping up with the Joneses. And we're like, <laughs> we, they just keep reloading and getting, you know, we keep getting older and they all just keep getting younger and, and making yeah. noise all over not only of the Gulf Coast but all over the country. It's been fun to watch. Twitter is a different world. Compared to what it was 10 years ago, you have all the social media and whatever stuff you do, Michael. Was it what other media? Oh, yeah, know, just, uh, he, he's a Snapchat guy. Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Todd. Yeah, hey, good luck to St. Luke's. Boys, thanks for Coach Trevick for joining us here, Garrett. And uh, we'll come back next week, hopefully talking to state championship and a lot more high school sports. Prep Spotlight, WNSP.